Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. We have a special guest with us today, J.K. Sturgeon, the movie doctor. I believe, J.K., do you remember what uh, your exact title was that I gave you last time? I think you called me a movie aficionado. Film aficionado. Film aficionado. Because we are a little bit fancy here at the Fumbling Punter. Speaking of fancy, we have all this new sound equipment set up for the first time today. And we are so far beyond my tech knowledge. JK and I had to make a couple of trips this morning to a sound store because I had no idea what I was doing. But hopefully we're going to continue to improve your sound quality here on the Fumbling Punter. If you haven't yet, give us a follow on Twitter at Fumbling Punter. Check out the website, fumblingpunter.com. So... JK, before we get into a couple of uh, movie things, as you are our film aficionado, I'm sorry, before we get into a couple of film things, uh, (laughs) did you watch the dunk contest this weekend? I did not watch the dunk contest this weekend. I did, and I must say, I was so disappointed, and I was even more disappointed that on yesterday's podcast, I forgot to just take a big dump all over the dunk contest. It was terrible. Uh, most guys, if they did complete a dunk, it was on like their seventh try. A guy almost won the dunk contest having not made a dunk in his first, in one attempt, because you get two attempts. And so it was, it was pretty bad on the NBA's part. Yeah. I don't think I've watched a dunk contest since, uh, Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson had their Superman. Oh yeah, Mike Mouse. Yeah, that was, that was fun. That was fun, but I, I have completely lost it. It's gotten pretty bad. Uh, the, I... There, oh, DeAndre Jordan was the only all-star, actually, that participated in the dunk contest. One guy played, like, two minutes a game in Phoenix. I think they may have called him up from the D-League just to put him in the dunk contest. So that was, uh, that was pretty bad. Uh, oh, Glenn Robinson III did win. So if you remember from our childhood, Glenn Robinson, this did, is his son. Did he play for the Hornets? Yes. Yes, he did. And as uh, Colin Cowherd called uh, Carmelo Anthony a poor man's Glenn Robinson. <laughs> so now we have Glenn Robinson the third in there. Uh, one more, just so uh, i got to get a little sports in here today so we don't lose our sports tag. Well, I do want to mention that I'm batting a 1,000 on my sports picks. Oh, yeah, J- JK. But you know why? Because we never bet against Tom Brady on this show. It even kills me to say that. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, speaking of quarterbacks, JK is a Chiefs fan. J.K., who's going to be the Chiefs quarterback opening day 2017? Alex Smith. Alex Smith is going to be the quarterback. I don't think that there's any indication from the Chiefs front office that they're going to try and go out and get somebody different. I think all their focus right now is re-signing Eric Berry and Dontari Poe, yeah, they which need. I think they're going to end up giving Berry the money that he wants, but you know, pay the man. Pay him whatever he wants and put the franchise tag on Dontari Poe. That's what I think we're going to see here in the next few weeks. Hey, I've been preaching those same things. you got to keep Eric Berry. Absolutely. I mean, he's not the heart and soul of the defense. He's the heart and soul of that team. And the city. Oh, yeah. The city loves Eric Berry. You know, I've got an Eric Berry jersey, so I'm going to be really upset if he leaves the Chiefs because I don't know what I'm going to do with that jersey now, but you pay the man. Give him whatever he wants. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that one. So... Our film aficionado is going to review a couple of films for us here today. Uh, JK, get into a, a John Wick 2, which came out this last weekend, is that right? Uh, yeah, last weekend or uh, maybe two weeks ago. I think we're day 10 now of okay. when it came out. 
But did you see the first one? No, I did not. I am not a big fan of Keanu Reeves. Well, okay, so (laughs) I'm going to tell you why John Wick 1 worked for me so well, and it's because the directors figured out how to make a successful Keanu Reeves movie. It's you give him as little dialogue as possible and let him actually just do his stunts and do his fighting. Um, I've been really trying to think about why everyone really liked John Wick 1 so much, because I don't think that they did anything new that we hadn't seen before. It's nothing really super unique, but they, they kind of bought into this theory that if you're going to do something, you just do it really, really well. And so the fight scenes are some of the best fight scenes that I've personally ever seen. And the movie was just very well directed. Um, it had two directors. Uh, one is David Leach, who it was the news just broke a few months ago that he's actually going to be taking over for Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. So, and something else unique, I'm a big Ocean's Eleven fan. This guy actually had a cameo in Ocean's Eleven, so... Really? Yeah. So, I was very comfortable with the fact that he's taking over Deadpool 2, because you know how I feel about Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yeah, man. five favorite movies of all time. Um, The other director that co-directed that first movie was the lone director on the second one, and it's Chad Stahelski, and he's actually a stuntman himself. Uh, This is kind of unique. He was actually the body double for Brandon Lee in The Crow, which um, you might remember. Taking Brandon, him way back right now. Yeah. The Crow, yeah. So Brandon Lee was Bruce Lee's son. And while on set for The Crow, they shot him with a gun that was supposed to be loaded with blanks, but it actually had live ammunition and it actually <laughs> killed him. No. Yes. What? It yes. killed him? Yes. He died on set. On set. Before completion of the movie, they had to use stunt doubles and body doubles to actually complete the movie but yeah you can actually i'm pretty sure it's on netflix you can watch it but yeah what yes jk is just dropping film knowledge right now (laughs) so these two guys they directed this movie um if you have not seen the first one the basic premise of it is uh john wick was a hired assassin and he works for the criminal underworld and he was asked, uh, he, he wanted to get out, basically. You know, it's just like the mafia. They keep pulling me back in. But he yeah. wanted out because he wanted to get married and settle down. And so they asked him to perform an impossible task, which basically what it was was this Russian family wanted him to take out all of his competitors. And he did it in a single night. And he earned the nickname The Boogeyman. Uh-huh. And so well, how this movie, the kind of the starting point, the flashpoint for it, is he's just minding his own business. Um, he's actually coping with the death of his wife. So even after leaving his business and getting married, she passed away from a terminal illness. She sent him a little dog as his um, as a way to help him cope with her passing. And the guy that plays Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones plays this Russian thug that actually um, wants to steal John Wick's car. And so they steal his car and kill his dog. And that's how he gets brought back into this criminal underworld. I think now that you say that, I remember seeing something about that on a preview for the original John Wick movie. Yeah. So, in it, the thing is, you know, you almost have to have these elements, which it's completely terrible. You know, I really wish they hadn't killed his dog. Like, that being, like, the, the linchpin to get him brought back in. I was like, I, I think, you know, messing up his 69 Mustang, you know, that, to me, would have oh, yeah. been enough to bring him back in, but... You know, you just, you really root for this guy the entire movie, and it didn't really end on a cliffhanger. You know, it was kind of its own complete movie, but as soon as it had all this success, they already started talking sequel. Okay, and so 
before we get into uh, John Wick 2 a little bit more, do I need to see John Wick before I go see the second one? I don't think you necessarily have to see it. Okay. Um, as long as you just know that, you know, the basic premise is that he wanted to be out and now he has been brought back in, quote unquote, in with this criminal underworld. And it really, it kind of picks up right where the first movie left off. So it probably would be helpful, but it's not an absolute must. Okay. I just wanted to see if I needed to go to the, the movie store. Yes, I do still go to a movie store because <laughs> I live in, I'm trapped in 1990. So I didn't know if I needed to go rent that before we went and saw the second one or not. I, I would probably recommend watching it. Okay. Um, but the second movie, there, there were things that I liked and there were a couple things that I didn't really like. Um, overall, I would say the second movie is a success. It did all the same things that the first movie did well. Um, it, it did them well as well. It, they really kind of improved upon their uh, stunts and they did some crazy stuff. Uh, the, the one thing that I really, really like from this, now it's a franchise because they're even talking a third and fourth movies, um, is they get a great A in my book for world building. Um, the terminology they use for like, you know, when he kills a room full of people and he needs like a cleanup crew to come in, he's like, I have a dinner reservation for 12. And uh, they introduce the concept in this movie of markers where if you make a blood oath with somebody, um, basically they do a favor for you, then they can come back later and um, request a favor from you. Hmm. And uh, the locations, the, the sets that they had in this movie, uh, they go to Europe and they go to Rome, and it's it's awesome. Wow. So, um, like I said, they get a great A in world building because you just want to know more about this world that they operate in. They kind of, um, I think that's one thing that really captured people's imaginations with Harry Potter. It's like there's this invisible world out there that is existing right underneath your nose and that nobody else knows about, but they give you a little piece of it at a time. They don't do this big exposition dump on you. It's just you get a little piece at a time, and they introduce all these new concepts and stuff so um your wife Lindsay and i were talking about how ruby rose is in this movie okay she actually plays a bodyguard and she has a life debt to her quote-unquote ward who's the main antagonist in the film and i don't know like while i was watching this i'm like i really want them to make a netflix series like a spinoff series where they just talk about hired killers and assassins uh that Oh, like operate out of the Continental Hotel that's yeah. the main location for the movie. Yeah, well, uh, movies that are made into TV shows are pretty hot right now, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of that going around. Here's what I thought was the coolest thing from this movie. There is an actor that shows up about three-fourths of the way through the movie, and uh, fans of the Matrix trilogy were really happy to see this. Lawrence Fishburne is actually in this movie. So he played Morpheus in the Matrix trilogy with Keanu Reeves, who played Neo. Yeah. And this is the first time they've been in a movie together since the third Matrix movie. Oh, cool. Very cool. So uh, you had a couple other movies that you wanted to uh, get into, or did you still have some more about what you didn't like on John Wayne? Well, the, the only thing that I didn't, I didn't like is that the ending is too open-ended, which, you know, I'm not going to go into anything specific because I don't want to yeah. spoil the movie. Um, but We're at, not a spoiler alert show. No, not at <laughs> all. <laughs> So um, I, I won't I won't give away any major plot points, but the thing that I didn't like about the movie that I did like about the first movie was that the first movie is self-contained. Okay. You can watch that movie from beginning to end, and you don't have to watch anything else. The way this movie ends, you almost need the third movie now to feel completely satisfied. They left it pretty much wide open. Okay. So we will definitely see a third John Wick. All right. 
Um, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. So, but, you know, you mentioned going to the video store. So if you don't want to go to the video store and you don't have time to go to the theater to watch John Wick 2, but you do want to watch a movie about contract killers or something to that effect, um, look no further than Netflix. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to pitch you a movie uh, from 1997 that you absolutely should watch. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So on the last podcast, I recommended a John Cusack movie. I'm going to recommend another John Cusack movie. Uh, it's called Gross Point Blank. And so I'm really into these old uh, 90s movies that are almost like dark comedies that have, um, we call them like high concept films. Yeah. And so this film seeks to answer the question, what would happen if a contract killer decides to go to his 10-year high school reunion? And it's actually really, really funny. You know, 97 was a big year for movies. Yeah. We had Air Force One, uh, The Lost World. I think James Cameron made some movie about a boat that did really well and made a lot of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, Titanic or something? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, but, but this movie is a lot of fun. So John Cusack plays a contract killer um, that's very successful at what he does. Dan Aykroyd is a rival contract oh, killer man. that is trying to establish a contract killer union. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, John Cusack's like, no, I don't want any part of that. I'm going to my 10-year reunion. Uh, so, you know calamity ensues when he goes back to his hometown uh to meet the girl that he left on prom night you know left town without saying a word and ended up joining the army and stuff but here's the thing that's going to bring you into this movie or for any of the listeners that are entourage fans jeremy piven plays his best friend from high school in this movie and the character he plays i swear is the progenitor for ari gold Oh, man, you just sold me on this movie right there. Yes. I love Ari Gold. Yes. Oh, me too. I'm a huge <laughs> Ari Gold fan. I, I've i told Lucas I think Ari Gold is the greatest TV character of all time. Um, yes. I don't have anything to back that up right now, but I'm a huge fan. Oh, and man. I watched this movie on Netflix the other night, and it's almost like they took Ari Gold and put him in this movie. He's a real estate agent, and <laughs> he has this one scene where he yells at a security guard that I oh. swear it's like him yelling at Lloyd. Lloyd! It's, yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Oh, man. So, definitely check it out. I think it's great. Um, for people that did see John Wick 2, they know that there's the quote-unquote pencil scene. Uh, Gross Point Blank has a pen scene that is just as good. Okay. So, that's uh, my only little teaser. So, when you were talking about if you didn't want to go to the movie store or you didn't want to go to the theater, I was worried you were going to start promoting pri uh, piracy on our <laughs> podcast. I was going to say, JK, piracy is not a victimless crime. No, it is not. And <laughs> if the FCC asks, we do not endorse piracy on the Fumbling Hunter. Nope, we don't. Heard it here. But, uh, so yeah, we talked about John Wick 2. The other movie that I went to go see last weekend was the Lego Batman movie. Okay. Which... I thought it was pretty good. So this was the follow-up. You know, this is another sequel to a 2014 movie, just like John Wick Chapter 2 was. Um, the Lego Batman movie is a follow-up to the Lego movie that Lord and Miller did. Those are the guys that did 21 and 22 Jump Street. Oh, those were good movies. Yes. And they are now... I'm sorry. Great films. Great films. We screened them. Remember that time I texted you said, like, I just screened a movie, and you're like, JK, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just wanted to sound fancy. <laughs> Actually, what you I should have was, said is you screened a film. I should have said I screened a film. <laughs> and a film that I would like to screen 
is they are working on the untitled, as of yet, untitled Han Solo standalone movie right now. Oh. So they've I'm, had a lot of success. They're moving up in the world. I'm surprised you didn't hear some background noise from my wife on that one talking about <laughs> Han Solo film. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, right now, they're calling it just Red Cup. Because Solo. Ah, uh, I like that. So that'll be 2018? Yeah, because okay. this year we're getting Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Next year we'll get the Han Solo standalone film, which is going to have Donald Glover. is going to be Lando Calrissian. Ah. Which everyone's really excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys Targaryen. I'm plugging Game of Thrones all day today. Um, she's actually going to be Han Solo's love interest in the movie. Okay, so now that you... I'm not trying to get off track completely here, but you mentioned Game of Thrones. Yeah. Lucas and I have talked about the three of us doing a Game of Thrones reaction podcast. We'll definitely have to do that. I mean, that will be better than Nerd Thrones or whatever, the, af the after show, kind of uh, Chris Hardwick's what it is to walk the Walking Dead. Yeah, I think they call it After the Throne. After, or yeah, something like that. We will blow that away. No, Don't we'll, worry. We'll be much better than that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to, back to Lego Batman. Uh, John Wick Chapter 2 is the movie that you should go see if you don't have little kids. If you do have little kids and you want to find a family-friendly movie, this is definitely probably the top pick right now at the movie theater. Um, there were a lot of things that I liked about the movie. Um, it's very steeped in DC Comics lore. They bring in a lot of the old Batman villains from like even like the 1966 series. And, and they pay homage to every single iteration of Batman from the 1966 Batman TV show all the way up to Batman v Superman that we yeah. just had this year. So um, I thought that was really cool. They, they even took kind of a funny pot shot at Suicide Squad because uh, there's this <laughs> one scene where they're like, hiring a bunch of criminals to take down a bunch of criminals. What a terrible idea that would be. <laughs> uh, uh, now, Will Arnett plays the voice yes, of Batman, right? Yes, Will Arnett is the voice of Batman. Zach Galifianakis does the voice of the Joker. Michael Cera, who was, uh, what was it? He was on Arrested Development, Michael Bluth Jr. or something. Yes. He, he played Michael's son. Um, man, I'm totally blanking on what his character's name was. Yeah, he was in Scott Pilgrim, too. Okay. And Rosario Dawson is uh, Barbara Gordon, or Batgirl. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's not just contained to Batman villains. They actually brought in, like, villains from all other film franchises because Lego is allowed to make movies with characters that they have play sets for. So they were able to bring in Sauron from Lord of the Rings, Agent Smith from The Matrix, they had uh, Jaws. From... Oh, man. So did you know the shark in Jaws was named Bruce? And that was actually Steven Spielberg's lawyer's name. I did not. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, I think in the movie he's actually credited as Bruce. Um, <laughs> and then they actually had Voldemort from the Harry Potter movies. So here's something that didn't make any sense to me. They had Rafe Fiennes, or Fiennes, not really sure how to pronounce his last name, who actually played Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. He's actually in this movie as Alfred, but he really? doesn't voice Voldemort. It's like, you have the guy right there. Why do you have to pay somebody else yeah. to do that voice who's not even going to do as good of a job as the original? Now, did they do uh, English, or I'm, so they did a British Alfred, because yeah. my biggest, I, I'm getting totally off topic here, so stay with me. My biggest complaint about Gotham was I'm pretty sure Alfred was Australian. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. 
Uh, and, I, I made it three episodes into that series before that bothered me so bad I couldn't watch it anymore. I, I stuck with Gotham for the first season, and only because, you know, I, I love Batman as a character so much. And I thought it was an interesting premise for a show, but I'm with you. Like, they they definitely lost me. I didn't like Alfred. I didn't like Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney. I, yeah. I didn't like any... I really didn't like anything about it. So... You just I, watched it because it was something... Out of obligation, almost. Yeah. It's like, I'm a comic book guy. I should be watching this. But after a while, I'm just like, I can't. I can't. Which I saw that is coming to an end. Right? Thank, thank the goodness. series? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I... I put it down peacefully. Yes. <laughs> they, I mean, and they tried to bring in some cool villains and stuff, and the Penguin and the Riddler were the best parts of that show, and, and they were done fairly well, but Yeah, I saw I of, saw the Penguin, and he seemed to do a better job of representing actual Penguin than most anybody else yeah. did. Yeah, I definitely agree. Australian Alfred, that still bugs me to my core. I completely agree. Australian Alfred without a mustache. Yeah. I mean... Which, did the Alfred in the uh, Dark Knight movies... No. He didn't have a mustache. No, he didn't. Michael Caine was clean-shaven okay. in all those movies. But, I mean, he did such a wonderful job that... Oh, man, he, he was, was the best. past it. Those Dark... Like, the I call them the Dark Knight series because that was, like, the big hit of yeah, the three Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. That, I mean, those were so good. They, yeah. They almost just set too high of a bar for Batman. Oh, they absolutely did. And that's why um, I think we're going to go through a period where, I mean, any Batman movie that is being made now, even even to some extent the Lego Batman movie, is going to be held up and compared to the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Yeah. And it's going to be really, really hard to supplant any of those. But uh, I, I, I thought that this was a fun movie. The, you know, things that I didn't like about this, I don't think the story is as good in this one as what the original Lego movie was. The original Lego movie had a very clear message, and that okay. was that creativity and, you know, not just following a plan, like a, a preordained set plan is, you know, you don't have to do that. You can break out of the mold and, and do different things. So, like, a pharmacist and a firefighter can get together and have a podcast. A podcast. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't have to just do, you know, firefighter and pharmacist things all the time. And, and I thought that was cool. The, the main message that I got from this movie is, you know, no man is an island and that having family is important. Like, Batman, Wayne Manor, is on a literal island. It's almost like they're beating you over the head with this message of you know you know you don't want to be alone it's important to have family and friends and okay. stuff but i mean that's stuff that we already knew yeah you know, it's, it's not really like a a unique message so okay so jk while while you've been talking about some of these films i have been thinking we need to do like a rating system a rating system yeah okay so uh, i'm i'm just throwing it out there footballs you okay know? our logo is the football so, should we do three or four? Let's do three. Okay, okay. Because we're probably not going to get a lot of one football films on this probably podcast. Not. Yeah. But, I mean, if you do just want to come crap all over a movie and get <laughs> one football, bring it on. I, I don't have any right now. And, and I would say John Wick Chapter 2 probably gets... Can I do two and a half footballs? You can. So, I would say a two and a half out of three. We, we created this. You could do two and a tenth. You could do two I might, and a sixteenth? I might do two and a tenth for Lego Batman. Okay, so, okay. So I, it's better than two. It's better not than two, quite but two not quite a three. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely not even two and a half. So, I mean, both the John Wick Chapter 2 and Lego Batman are the two best movies in theaters right now. I recommend seeing both of them. Um, if you don't have time, uh, Gross Point Blank, that has, I would give that three footballs out of movies that you can watch on Netflix right now. You should okay, totally watch yeah. yeah well, it's definitely worth it. That three football, that's basically a blood guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, uh, Lucas told me that after watch, or after listening to our last podcast, he went out and watched Identity and loved it. So yeah. if you still haven't seen Identity, you should watch that. But if you don't want to go rent something, you can stream Gross Point Blank on Netflix. Yeah. Well, JK, I think that you uh, gave us some good film reviews from our film aficionado, definitely holding true to the title. Uh, <laughs> so if you guys don't listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you don't have to listen to every one. It's kind of, we try to stay with current movies when JK is on. I uh, try to stay in the world of sports. Uh, we were talking about doing a book review, uh, kind of our top 10 book rankings. I can't do that off the top of my head because you might end up with like eight John Grisham books. So <laughs> I have to uh, go back and think of good things that I've read. I, I did make a top 10 list yesterday. You and, did? Yeah. And one John Grisham book did make the list. Uh, tease us with number 10. You know, we don't want to get number one. Just give us a teaser on there. I, I would say number 10 would be the John Grisham book, and it would be The Innocent Man, which was his only nonfiction book that he wrote. Okay. Yeah, that was the only John Grisham book that made it. Yes. Of my Man. top 10. I was a big Bleachers guy. Bleachers is good. Bleachers is definitely... Spoiler alert, Bleachers is going to be in my top 10. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we should definitely get together and do a top 10. Um, I'd like to come back and review Logan after I see that next week. Yes. I've already got my tickets bought for next Friday night. Are you going to the fancy, the marquee? I am. Yeah. I, I like having my seat reserved. And oh, yeah. So I don't like to have to wait in line. And I've... Mostly it's because I've had times where I've waited until the last minute to get tickets and walked in and had to sit at the very front. We had to do that with the blind side. And it wasn't even like front and center. It was front and right. So I'm looking with my neck craned all the way up trying to see Sandra Bullock. And yeah, just not a, not a good time. <laughs> so yeah, I've got tickets to that and tickets to Beauty and the Beast reserved already. So I would like to review both of those. That movie, uh, The Blind Side, was on yesterday when I was at work and we watched it. A great film. Oh, Wonderful film, and uh, you know, I, I, I have you read the book? I actually have not read the book. I have not either. That's on my book, on my books list that I want to read this year. Uh, I've heard the I've heard the book is phenomenal as well. I'd like to read it. And uh, the the movie though was spectacular. Yeah, man. It, I mean, I wanted to go to just like write a nasty letter to the NCAA after watching it. Oh yeah, I know. Michael Orr went to Ole Miss because he wanted to. You leave him be. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good movie, uh, and I'm pretty sure we were talking earlier off microphone about best picture nominees. Um, I don't have anything really for the listeners about like an Oscar preview other than there are only two of the Best Picture nominees that I have seen and I would recommend both. Um, one of those is Arrival. You can actually rent that now. Arrival is a really, really good movie. It's a, it's a thinking man sci-fi movie. So even if you're not really into sci-fi, but you like movies that really make you think and you like movies that have a pretty crazy twist ending, you should definitely check that out. The other one, um, I wish that La La Land winning Best Picture wasn't already a foregone conclusion because I would really like to see how well um, that 
this uh, Jeff Bridges movie, Hell or High Water, would have done. Yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal movie. If you have not heard of it, you should check it out. Is it in theaters? Is it at no. the film store? No, yeah, it is at the film store. Or you can uh, rent it with, like, iTunes or Amazon movies or whatever. Okay. But uh, I'll pitch you the movie real quick. So Jeff Bridges is this old Texas Ranger who's, like, two weeks away from retirement. And he decides he's going to go out on one last ride to catch these bank robbers. Uh, it's Chris Pine and Ben Foster. It's uh, it's a neo-western set with the backdrop of the recession from a few years ago. Like, they're driving down the highway and they see all these debt relief billboards. And everyone is, uh, you know, in, in the towns that they live in, everyone's living in poverty. And the bank is kind of the big bad guy in the show and so they're robbing all these banks but the citizens of the towns aren't really saying anything because they view them almost like robin hood heroes instead of actual criminals so it, it's a really it's a unique movie i wish that it would win best picture i don't think it will because la la land is the odds on favorite to win but arrival hell or high water those are two movies that i would recommend renting i think i'm gonna go watch hell or high water tonight you sold yep. me on that off mic and on mic that, yes uh, and i'm a big jeff bridges guy oh jeff bridges is awesome he almost kind of plays uh the same type of character when he played rooster cogburn in the in true, true Grit Grit. remake yeah. he uses that same drawl and uh accent that he had in that movie it, it's i was it's gonna, awesome. i was gonna give a bad uh, a bad remake of his accent but I, I didn't even want to try for it oh yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't even try either i've been fighting a cold all week so yeah hey you you powered through for this podcast though. yes i Man. loaded up on emergency and water and uh cold medicine but feel, feeling better now i uh i joked around whenever i was sick a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that i was like michael jordan in the 98 finals <laughs> i actually think i'm gonna give that title to you you went from sounding a little bit sicker off mic to like you cleared up as we were going along. So uh, you're like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Now you just stride. Now you just need a what was the guy's name that he pushed off of in uh, for the Jazz Russell. I can't remember. Yeah. So you just need somebody to come in here and you just give them a push off, nail a three, win the game for the podcast. I could totally do that. So. Uh, you're going to probably see on Twitter, on uh, different social media, our new uh, Fumbling Punter shirts that we got. We may tease a giveaway. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they look sharp. I'm wearing the polo right now. So, uh, you know, that, that was a, a one-time order. We may get into that for uh, for some Fumbling Punter trips later yes. this summer. Hopefully. Yeah. I really want to go do some, some trips this summer. Yeah, we've uh, talked about... Uh, Talked about maybe doing some baseball games, a yes. baseball game. Yes. We don't know. Definitely want to. Yeah, so uh, we'll have to get all that cleared. And okay, so baseball before we go, once again, so we can keep our uh, sports tag on SoundCloud and iTunes. The uh, did you hear my Pakotas rant? Yes, I did. I okay. That. So, and even with the Alex Reyes news. 76 wins seems a little low for it's, the Cardinals. It's, it's way too low. Okay. I I mean, if they do win, if they do only win 76 games and Mike Matheny gets fired, then it won't all be for none because, right. you know, get him the hell out of there. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's half of or more than half of Cardinal Nation right now. Yeah. I I really think that they still have the ability to finish second in the NL Central this year. I yeah. I, I don't think that the Brewers or the Pirates or 
the Reds are, they, I don't think they've really put together that much better of a squad than what they've had last year. I know yeah. we really didn't make a lot of big deals in the offseason outside of Dexter Fowler. And, yeah, but that was a neat Red Cecil, but... Oh, uh, yeah, they I mean, paid Cecil some decent money. Yeah, those guys got paid, so yeah. I, I think we're going to be okay. Um, the Cubs are going to be really hard to overcome. Yeah, no, I'm not even looking at that as a possibility. Lucas I, is going to send me... Either. Luke is going to send me some nasty text later. Cardinals suck. They're going to win 72 games. <laughs> I might get one too, so. <laughs> Man, Lucas, if you're going to text us bashing on the Cardinals, just do it in a group text. Yeah, that'll be easier. Save us all the time. <laughs> oh, by the way, we did not predict the Cardinals were going to win the World Series. So. No, I do not think the please, Cardinals Please, please don't come at us with that one, buddy. If, if we make the wild card game, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, so uh, this is first show, new sound equipment. You didn't hear the... <sighs> Every time one of us went to talk from the other. So uh, I want to hear from you guys about how the new sound equipment is doing, how uh, how it sounds in your car, and your on your iPhone, however you're listening. Let us know, at Fumbling Punter. If, uh, if you all are able to get a hold of me or JK, let us know what you think. Let us know how, the, how it sounded today. And for JK Sturgeon, I'm Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Fumbling Punter. Everyone have a nice day. Before I let you go, gonna pre gotta give a preview for the NBA show with Anthony Ogden this week. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so that should be fun. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you later this week.